0: Hello and welcome back to the Business or Show Business Podcast with me, your host, JB Body. Unpacking the skills needed for the entertainment and creative industries and celebrating those already in them. I have some very sad news for you. This is the last episode of season one. I know you are probably crying and you can't console yourself but do not worry i will definitely be back with season two conversations have already been had and i have secured some amazing guests for season two and not just those in the theater world i will be speaking to experts in pr people who work in tv production casting in tv and film and much much more It has been so rewarding to produce this podcast every week for season one. And as the season has unfolded, I've had quite a few messages from people asking me how I got to where I am now and where did my journey start within the arts? So I thought, what better way to end season one than to use this show as not only a recap from season one, talking about the solo shows and all of the amazing guests I've had, but also a little introduction to who Jamie is for those of you who have not met me until this podcast. So let's jump straight in. For those of you who do not know me personally i'm going to try and keep this quite short and not just list off my cv but i kind of want to give you an overview of my career and then what has led me to what i do now I started off my career in entertainment as a performer. I graduated from a musical theatre college back in 2007. I have since then travelled the world and performed in shows and with companies such as Back in Dancing on the Voice. I recently wrapped up on a new Netflix show called Bridgerton. I was a tap soloist out at Tokyo Disney. I was a dancer and aerialist for Royal Caribbean. I performed in the European Arena Tour in a Disney musical called Three Classic Fairy Tales for Disney Live. And I've also danced in films such as Hot, Bobble Histories, Rotten Romans, Avengers Age of Ultron, Goodbye Christopher Robbins and A Royal Night Out. When I returned from Tokyo Disney in 2011, I had been there for a year and a half as a tap soloist in the show Big Band Beat. I was also there when the earthquake hit. It was an amazing contract, but obviously there were so many external factors that really made me think, right, what else do I want to do within my career and what can help me to have longevity in the arts? I was somewhat... Academic, and I had done AS levels in film, media, photography, and dance. So I knew I kind of had this aptitude or passion for the other side of the industry. So once I got back from Tokyo Disney, I started doing some long-distance writing courses. And this was still alongside me performing. Anyone who's listening who's maybe thinking what else do I want to do? Or even if you're not sure what you want to do, you don't have to make a decision straight away. This was a good five years after I graduated theatre college and I knew I still wanted to perform and I still do to this day. I just knew I had other skills that I wanted to exercise more and also there were other paths I wanted to explore. Not knowing if that would be a path that I would then stay on or leave. There was other things I wanted to do and I think you have to be very focused in the industry but then there are moments when you think, Oh, I want to give that a go or there's other skills you've not used that you want to use do not be scared to do that so from there I started writing a blog which I thought was very much a dirty word at the time but it was a good way for me to kind of build this portfolio because I didn't have an extensive writing or journalism CV behind me I had to find a way for me to get work out there and basically exercise the new skills I was learning or the skills I was building upon I tried to champion the voice of the ensemble and the the behind-the-scenes creatives and production team, as opposed to focusing more on the leading name within the show. Because at the time, I thought there was enough press around the leading people in those shows. And by being a performer myself, I knew the journey the ensemble would have to go through to secure that show. The years of training, the amount of auditions and callbacks or rejections. So I really wanted to give the ensemble a voice. As my writing style improved and I got more and more known for doing what I was doing, it started to get a bit tricky as I was then being asked to review shows for creatives I was still actively auditioning for say I was reviewing a show that maybe I didn't connect with, I wanted to be true to my writing style, but then also not pull myself out of the running for going in, going into an audition for that creative. So I decided to really switch the focus up to interviewing, was also looking what other jobs were out there, which would allow me to use these new skills I had learned. So at the age of 27, I took up a three-month expenses-paid-only internship. That's right. I was 27 at the time, had done quite a lot of TV, film, and touring previously. But I decided, right, what can I do? And this three-month internship was perfect. It was three months at a marketing firm for West End Musicals perfect. I got my travel expenses and they, as my internship unfolded, they were very, very respectful if I had to take time off for an audition or to do performance work to top up my money. They were so lovely. I felt very much like Robert Nero in the film The Intern. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, It's a great film where he's a retired gentleman who goes back to be an intern for Anne Hathaway um so yes that was it was a very interesting experience but by being eager and using the skills I had learned as a performer I was able to secure a full-time job at the end of that internship. I didn't tell any of my performing friends that I was then working full-time because I was still able to use my holiday to attend auditions. Both a blessing and a curse by working full-time is that you don't You can't just pick and choose when you want all of your days off. However, you do get paid holiday. So I use my 21 days annual leave for for each year to go to auditions and do jobs. It made me be a lot pickier with the jobs I wanted to take. I was no longer just going to every every audition or going to auditions of jobs that I didn't even necessarily want or weren't within my right skill set, but within the industry standards, I had to be seen at this audition or I had to work with that choreographer or that director or producer. It really made me sit down and make a list of goals and what jobs I wanted to do. And I also had to be loyal. I had now had this full-time job, this contract, and I couldn't be taking lots and lots of time off. So there were some auditions I couldn't go to, but I'd, always, I'd also been that younger performer Who hadn't gone on holiday for like two or three years at a time because you think an audition may come in. So it really made me fine tune what I wanted from this industry. Although at times I felt a bit out of my depth because people had marketing degrees, communication degrees, I could offer other skills that some people didn't offer. First of all, my connection to the entertainment industry. I knew people in shows or I knew the people behind the shows so I could get exclusive interviews. I knew how to handle myself and have that confidence within meetings and networking situations. As performers fake it till you make it, Google is your best friend. You're also able to pick up and retain things quickly and I was able to ask the questions that needed to be asked to help improve me within that industry. I had a fantastic two years working on the marketing of some of the biggest shows in in the country as well as working with museums and galleries the interesting thing was i was then running press nights or getting to interview creatives that i couldn't even necessarily get in the room to audition for and it's also what helped me along the way with my presenting side because i was working at press nights i'd be capturing vox pops or having to interview big names within the industry that were coming to see our shows which i wouldn't have had the opportunity to even do if i hadn't had the courage to do the internship which then led to me working in marketing that then sparked this next idea thinking right what other job is there out there where I can now combine my writing and my marketing skills with my industry knowledge that then planted that seed for me to come on to be a journalist so after two years there I decided to take that leap yet again obviously it was great having that regular paycheck but for me it didn't fulfill me anymore give me that buzz so I decided right let's do this I then went back to being a freelancer, but cherry-picking a lot more. So still performing and auditioning, but also being able to pick up freelance marketing clients. I was very happy doing that again for about a year and a half. I've always been quite a big goal-setter, and over that year and a half, I was ticking off some of the goals I had for both me as a freelance performer and freelance arts marketer. About a year and a half into doing that, I then kind of got a bit meh. Like, I don't know about you, but I know when I've hit my goals for that quarter of that year because I get a bit... not complacent I just get a bit sluggish I get a bit irritable I kind of lose focus and drive so then I thought right what is this next step for me what do I generally want from this industry and I thought hang on a minute I love writing I know theatre I know how to market a show what about entertainment journalism so after a couple months of brainstorming probably annoying the hell out of my friends and my family. I then decided to apply and to go back to school part-time to get my NCTJ in multimedia journalism. I knew for me the route was not going back to college or university because I didn't want to give another three years to get that qualification. So after months of researching people in the media industry whose careers I admire or who had inspired me, I found that an NCTJ course for multimedia journalism which you could either do as part-time over 10 months or full-time every day for three months being a freelancer in London I couldn't afford to just not work for three months I'd already done that years ago as an intern so I thought nope I need to do it part-time this still allows me to work and earn money and I needed to add credibility to all of the skills I had as I said, I didn't want to go back to college or university for three years. I felt I had built up my name and my skill set, and I thought this was the best option. That year was <laughs> so hard. Going back to a classroom two days a week. And having people talk at you where normally being a performer, you're in a studio, physically learning, that was very hard. Had to learn things like courtroom reporting, media law, ethics, things like that, that as a dancer, you don't have to really worry about. And I had to turn down some really big jobs that year. I remember in the summer alone... I had to turn down a two-week job in Japan, a week job in France, and a job in Dubai. But I had exams, and if I didn't sit the exams, then I had to wait almost another year to sit them on certain dates. So anyway, did the journalism course part-time for 10 months. There were some things I loved about the course, some things I did not enjoy about the course, but for me, I knew I had to get this qualification to kind of tie in everything I had to offer and what I wanted. Since then, I worked regularly as a uh, entertainment reporter for Broadway World UK. I've worked with the stage newspaper. I've worked for CNN. I even worked at the royal wedding of Harry and Meghan. And it has now allowed me to craft this career where I can now think, right, I don't actively audition. However, when the phone rings... I will do the work. Or do you tell a lie, I did actually audition for the Netflix show, particularly because they were looking for dancers over the age of 30, and I was like, yes, I'm back. And that turned out to be an amazing project to work on, filming on and off for six months. But apart from that, I hadn't auditioned in, in years. But one of the one of the only benefits of getting older in this industry is that a lot of your friends go on to be choreographers, directors, producers, event owners, company directors. So as long as you keep up your physical skills, you're in class, you're going to the gym, people still know you're actively in the industry, you can still secure work. So now my career is made up of performing working as a journalist and presenter so that could be i'm on the red carpet i'm interviewing people i've interviewed people like mel gibson cuba gooden jr vicky patterson catherine McPhee, and then also my social media and marketing so i help creatives market themselves create websites run paid advertising campaigns or to market their show or their dance school so that's very very long-winded i also want to say not everyone's journey into the industry or everyone's career path is the same nor should it be what worked for me might not work for you, and probably won't work for you because the situations are different, our backgrounds, the timing what is in the industry. Quite often, people ask me, "How do I get into presenting?" And there are so many different ways into the industry of presenting. But you do need to work on your skills. So researching, script writing, reading auto cue, in ear, networking, microphone technique. It's not just as easy as looking straight down a camera and talking. For instance, when I presented for Monster Jam at Manchester Arena, there was 10,000 people in the crowd, and I could be interviewing someone in the pit by them, wants the truck and then i have been in here with them feeding me questions that they may want me to ask because someone is tweeted in a question or they may say to me jamie you're going to count down to three and then you're going to face the middle line camera and talk about the competition three two one so i'd have to be able to wrap up that conversation with the athlete and quickly look at the camera or as soon as my my take to the camera would wrap they would then say you've now got 30 seconds to get up into the crowd you're going to do this competition a lot of people can't do that at the same time so you have to work on these skills so do work on your skills and your trade for me i am a journalist and presenter so quite often i will do red carpet events because my skill sets combine for that i know amazing presenters that are fab at lifestyle i know presenters that are amazing at shopping channels and that's their bread and butter so you do not have to try and do everything this is something i always say in my masterclasses: when you can do everything you do nothing as performers we have to be well-rounded when we first graduate so we know where we want to work and the jobs we want to get and build a career but as time goes on you see the value in knowing what you were good at and the jobs and the people you want to work with so yes do diversify grow those skills but then if you have a niche it's okay to rock that niche but that's kind of me in a nutshell what i want to say is that it can be so scary when you want to do something else when you are in the entertainment industry you do have to be so focused and dedicated to achieve your goals and your dreams but the industry is constantly evolving and changing so do not be scared to go through a door if it opens if it's not the door you initially thought you were going through but again do not force it if you don't feel right i need to get another side career going right now enjoy where you are at in your career you will know when the time comes for you to maybe try something new and you don't have to stop performing at all scratch that itch you know and for me now i get the same buzz being on a red carpet or interviewing someone as i do when i'm on stage so for me i know i'm on the right journey it's gonna be very hard i always say be a yes person until you can say no so you're gonna have to say yes to some jobs you probably don't want to do but you need to do it for the money or to work with that creative or to improve your skill set so yes definitely do them but eventually get to a point when you can start saying no to those jobs and remember you are building a career so you need to set some long-term goals to help you keep focused along your way. Finding a coach or a mentor can be amazing, so whether that's within dance, singing, acting, or a life coach or a mentor for another area of the industry you want to get into. I've had a few coaches and mentors along the way, and I actually mentor now, I think it's really good to have someone to help you keep accountable and to help you with your decision-making. any questions or anything do feel free to reach out and message me i'll put my contact details in the show notes for this episode anyway now i want to give a massive thank you to the amazing guests i've had this season and also for all of you listeners out there i've had amazing feedback throughout the whole season when people have been able to implement new elements or ideas that we spoke about in this podcast or even from my weekly emails i've been sending out during covid as well where people have been able to increase their following get sales for their products i've had a few people actually managed to secure meetings with creatives that they've wanted to and they've not quite been able to crack it so thank you so much and if you are an avid listener please do take a couple minutes to head over to apple Podcasts to leave a review or star rating, because that really helps podcasts to get discovered first of all thank you to nalika Bose who was on episode one she is an entrepreneur and company owner she gave away so many amazing nuggets of information she literally blew my mind one of the biggest things she said was if your business is built on social media you're an influencer but if your business is a business offline You are a business, which I think is so true. Social media is such an amazing tool for creatives, but you can't just rely on that one platform or one area of marketing yourself. We also discussed how clients don't realise the mental stress they place on you and how it's okay not to secure every client. As long as you believe in your product and your product is the best it can be, it doesn't matter because the jobs you will secure are the ones that are right for you. Episode four, I was joined by Rosina Andrews. I've known her for a long time. She's a creator of the Rosina Andrews Method and author of both the Pirouette Surgery and Leap Surgery. We discussed how our foot always has to be on the accelerator as a freelancer and business owner, and also the importance of reading and how not to compare yourself. She gave a fantastic analogy of, if you're a dancer in an audition and you look at it like an arc, there's a hundred dancers and there's 80 worse than you and 20 who are better than you. You're only ever gonna focus on the 20 who are better than you. There's always gonna be someone worse and someone better but use that to push you forward and to help you create the career you want. Episode six, I was joined by casting specialist, choreographer, and author Graham Pickering. He took us behind the audition panel and he revealed what goes on during a casting process. Again, so many amazing nuggets of information. He said the audition always starts from the minute you step into the building, because you just never know who else is in the changing room and the person who's signing you in may actually also be on the audition panel as well. He also said that opportunity is success. You might not get the job at the end of it, but getting in the room or seen by someone new is success. Episode A: I spoke to voiceover expert Marissa Degahi. Having built a successful name for herself as a voiceover artist and casting associate in New York, she now lives in London and runs a successful voiceover business. In between recording voiceovers herself, she really helps to coach and mentor aspiring voiceover artists. Episodes 9 and 10 came from my bonus week here on Season 1. I spoke to the amazing Kathy Reed from Industry Minds about mental health in the arts. Industry Minds is a fantastic online hub and podcast that champion mental health in the arts. Do go and listen. They are amazing. I also spoke to Kane Silver and we did like a podcast inception because he's also a podcaster for the ins and out podcast. Episode 11 I chatted to Jenny Patrone about spotting a gap in the entertainment market and building a brand and a business in it. She's the creator of CBS Dance and the co-founder of the Gatsby Girls. She has years of experience in the industry and she also really helps put us at ease when you are auditioning. One thing she said that really resonated with me is you are your only competition. In that room, just worry about yourself. Don't even worry, just focus on yourself and what you have to offer. On episode 13 i caught up with video expert and content producer jake waby we discussed the importance of video and audio in the arts and how you can use both of them to benefit your career we also go into the pros and cons of drama school and what you can learn from that even if it wasn't the best experience from you what can you learn So those were all of my amazing guests, so thank you so much. I've also got solo episodes every other week as well, tackling things such as your online presence, marketing and creating a marketing strategy, what to post on social media. I also have an episode where I answer all the frequently asked questions I get, like should I have a website? Should I have two accounts? So do go and listen to that episode as well. I will do little quick hyperlinks in the show notes for all of these episodes. Anyway, that's enough of me talking. As I said, if you are an avid listener of the podcast, please take a minute or two to go to Apple Podcasts, and leave a review and star rating. Thank you so much for keeping me company during this season. Season two will be amazing and it will be covering experts and avenues of the entertainment industry across the broad spectrum. So not just theatre, we'll go TV, film, music, books, you name it, as well as lots more individual episodes. I'll be diving a lot more into SEO, so how to get your website ranking. I'll be going through each of the social media platforms and how and why you should be on certain ones as a creative and much more. So stay tuned. and I will see you for season two.